Hey, let me ask you something. Does this sound familiar to you? You've got one device that allows you to catch the game live, another one that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights from your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for the good stuff. Now, let me tell you about a simple way to get all of that entertainment that you love, but without all that hassle, and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream. And it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can catch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in the same place. That means no more juggling remotes, no need to buy another device ever again, and the best part is there is no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion. Get your TV and your life together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible devices required. Content varies by package. Are you smoking it tonight? I'm like, no, nah, I'm good. They're like, bro, come on, the season over, man. Just smoke, man. So I'm like, all right, cool. So I smoked and I went to my room. I said, all right, I'll meet up with y'all in an hour. We'll go out. I just got so paranoid. <laughs> right, right. Well, I was just like sitting in my room. I was hearing things. I thought I heard sirens and the police were coming to get me, all kind of stuff. They gave me weed that was way too strong for a first time guy. Hey, what's cracking? Welcome to the Jim Rome Podcast. You have found your way to episode 193 of the original Side Hustle. Thank you very much for doing so. As always, it is a good decision by you. If you're an NBA fan, odds are pretty good. You know all about my guest today because he is a 16-year NBA vet. Al Harrington. He was one of those dudes who made the jump straight from high school to the NBA back in the late 90s. He was the Gatorade National Player of the Year. He was a McDonald's All-American before he went number 25 overall to the Pacers in the 98 draft. Al went on to play for seven teams over 16 seasons, and then not long after retiring, he started Viola Brands. It's a producer of Cannabis Extracts. And now with that business going strong and getting stronger by the day, Al has teamed up with none other than AI himself, Alan Iverson, to produce a line of cannabis products called the Iverson Collection. Clearly, this is a fascinating dude who has lived and is living a fascinating life. So... Let's not waste any more time on this introduction. There is some really valuable information in this and some things that I guarantee that you do not know that you're going to open up your mind to. This is an episode that you're going to want to hear. It's Ep 193 with Al Harrington, and it's coming at you right now. So, Al, listen, I know for a fact, I know without even asking, but I know for a fact you are as busy now as you've ever been, and I appreciate you making time for the pod and for the conversation. So how you living, my man? How are things? I'm good, man. Just, you know, just constantly growing the business and, you know, fighting for the people that don't have a voice. So just a grind, man, but, you know, having fun doing it. All right, so these are all things I want to get into. Why don't we start with the business first? You're doing extremely well with your cannabis business. Ultimately, I'm going to say, it seems to me, you're going to have a lot more success off the court than you did on the court, and you had a really nice career. So for those who don't know, take me back. Initially, what made you want to get into this space? Well, you know, what my, my motivation was literally, you know, I was playing in Denver uh, back in 2009. It was 2010 when I signed a contract there. And, you know, when I got there, it was constantly, you know, on the news and in newspapers, always about cannabis and the benefits of it. And, you know, I was always a newspaper reader. So every morning I pick up the paper and I'll start to I was slowly educate myself, not knowing, but I was setting myself up for pretty much a moment. 
And the moment happened, you know, at the end of my first year there, my grandmother who was 79 years old at the time came to see me play. And when she got there, she was taking all this medication. And, you know, I asked her like, why? My like, grandma, why are you taking so much pills? And she was just gave me a list of things she was dealing with. But one of the things she said was glaucoma. And obviously that stuck out to me because in the papers I was reading how cannabis cured glaucoma patients at the time is what I was reading. So I started telling her about it and I kept calling it cannabis. And then finally she said, well, what is cannabis? And I said, it's marijuana, weed. And she said, reefer? She's like, well, I ain't smoking no reefer, you out your mind. Wow. And, uh, and she shut me down the first day, but the next day she was actually in pain. Her eyes were hurting and I convinced her to try it. I had her try it. Uh, you know, I went to the nap at a game that day. So I woke up from my nap. And I said, let me go check on my grandma just to make sure she's okay. And when I go downstairs, you know, I opened the room door, her back was to the door and she was looking down. And I was like, grandma, how you feeling? She turned around and she was crying tears. She said, I'm healed. She said, you know, I haven't been able to read the words of my Bible in over three years. And that's what started my journey in cannabis, man. I just, you know, that stigma that had been taught to me my entire life about it being a gateway drug and all these negative effects, seeing people locked up and my aunts and uncles being kicked out for smelling like reefer. Uh, you know, it just changed my perspective and made me educate myself. And a year later, I made my first investment in Colorado. Wow, there's so much good stuff in there. There is so much to unpack in there. So, like, your grandmother tries it, and she's in tears, and she's able to read her Bible for the first time in three years. So, as she gets into this, what was her reaction when you told her that folks worldwide were smoking Viola? Yeah, so obviously, I missed that part. Yeah, we named the company after her once we got, yes. you know, once we Lay got that out. licenses. Yeah, but, um, you know, she... <laughs> the first time I told her to be honest, she said, I'm not going to go to jail, am I? <laughs> <laughs> right, right. So that was her first, that was her initial first response. But, you know, since then, um, you know, unfortunately, she suffers from um, dementia now, too. So, you know, I'll tell her now. And she's like, get out of here. You're telling the tale. You know, she say little things like that. But, um, you know, it's, it's interesting when you really think about, you know, like there's a legacy being built, you know, behind her name. And, you know, at first, obviously, it was all about cannabis, just cannabis products and and changing the stigma. But now, you know, her name is, you know, being used as a springboard to, you know, uplift, educate and empower other people of color and create ownership for, you know, people of color, particularly black people who were, you know, mostly affected by the war on drugs and especially, you know, cannabis arrests. All right, so I really want to get into that. That, to me, is very interesting. Now, you mentioned, Al, a couple of times, like, the stigma. For instance, the cannabis industry right now, obviously, is exploding, and times have changed dramatically over the past decade from when you first had that moment. So, obviously, it looks like a really brilliant decision on your part right now, but I'm curious, what was it like for you to step out and put yourself out there and take that shot back then when times were different only a decade ago? You know what? It was... (laughs) It was really, it's really funny to just see like in, you know, 10, 11 years now, you know, we, we've been doing this 10 years and see how much it has changed because, you know, when I first started, I was afraid to tell people it was not popular. You know, a lot of these people, you know, athletes, entertainers, actors, whatever that I see that are now coming out. These are some of the people that I actually talked to, you know, just as recently as five years ago and they were still afraid, right? But, you know, we see that now, you know, this is a tremendous opportunity and now everybody's, you know, trying to find a way to participate. And, you know, for me, you know, just to be honest, like my, my financial advisor literally, you know, fired me as a client because he said that he wasn't going to go to jail for helping me launder money. And he definitely wasn't going to try to figure out this industry. 
You know what I mean? So, you know, for me, it was just a belief. And I just, you know, I, I've slowly gained more and more confidence over time during those years to finally, you know, be able to come out and talk about it anywhere. And what happened, I'm gonna be honest, what made gave me the most comfortability around it was when I was still trying to decide if I want to do real estate or if I wanted to coach or if I want to do all these other things, every time we have like be in meetings and you know it was a round table like kind of what is everybody up to every time I would mention I was in cannabis, literally I would dominate the rest of the meeting. <laughs> like mm. people just wanted to hear more and and what's what's it like and you know you really have a grow can I see it? You know what I'm saying? So once I saw that kind of reaction, it just made me feel more and more comfortable about stepping out. And, you know, especially when you got to raise money and stuff like that, you know, you can't hide at that point. You know, you got to really go out there and go after it. And I think that's what helped me transition was just like seeing how interested people were, and especially from real professionals. Are you craving some protein after a good workout? This time, do not make a shake. Do not eat a bar. Instead, grab a bag of beef jerky from Old Trapper. I'm telling you, Old Trapper beef jerky is tasty and it's tender, and it's made with real strips of steak and quality spices that are smoked over a wood fire. Good, good stuff. And it goes with you wherever you go, to the game, to the gym, to the beach, wherever. Look for Old Trapper in the Clearview bag. You can see the quality you're buying. Look for it in major retail stores near you. If you don't see it, clones... Ask for it by name because no other jerky compares. Not to Old Trapper. Old Trapper, what's your beef? Now, I can't believe that part of the story you just told about a financial advisor firing you. First of all, financial advisors do not fire well-heeled clients that are really bright. And especially, what did you think when he said, I'm not going to work with you. I'm not a money launderer. I didn't know what to think, man. I mean, I was I'm, initially, I'm going to be honest, I was really nervous, man, because I was really thinking, like, maybe maybe I'm doing the wrong thing. Like, maybe I am going to put, you know, my reputation, all the, everything that I've built my whole life at risk and lose it all for being locked up for selling weed. But the one thing that I think that, you know, helped me was, you know, my attorneys and just being able to read for myself and understanding at the time there was no more funding for, you know, uh, to, to lock up people, you know, that were operating. You had to, you know, it was all at the local level. And as long as we were doing things according to the regulations and, and the rules and regulations within that state, that I was safe. Right. And that's what I've always stuck to. You know what I'm saying? I followed the rule of the law by the book this entire time and you know to that point I haven't been able I haven't had any issues because of it so that's kind of what I think if anything he made me sharper and made sure that <laughs> we were doing everything by the book by him you know responding that way all right that's fair enough you, you had a great line a great line you said quote I want to go to soccer games without parents looking at me some type of way and a quote like like how much of a concern was that and did you or do you experience any of that at this point not anymore, man. Like, I mean, all the soccer parents are now Viola users. <laughs> okay, there you go. You know, they, you know, their kids are using the CBD products that we, you know, that we have at Replay um, or Harrington Wellness. And, it, you know, it, like I said, just times have changed, man. You know, like my daughter's, you know, really good soccer player. And, 
you know, she uses it and, you know, any, and it's funny, I always say to kids, I like a placebo effect because any kid that get hurt during the game, it's like my wife's running across the field with replay <laughs> to rub on it. And then the kid jumps right back up and right back in the game. <laughs> funny, funny. So, so, you know, but the reception has been, it's, it's totally different now. And, you know, to the point where now, you know, like I said, at first I was being looked at and like, what's going on to where now it's like, you know, my mom is dealing with this, you know, what do you recommend? You know, my dad just got diagnosed with prostate cancer you know what what are some of the products you represent i mean uh you recommend you know so things have definitely in times have changed a lot to, right. you know to, to where it is today so i'm gonna ask you about the plan itself but I, I bring this up because i know i know from experience how judgmental they can be in calabasas i know about the mean streets of the 818 <laughs> al that's where i grew up all right so i right. know i know how nasty it can get down there you know you've talked about it being quote the most magnificent plant in the world for those who still don't know know and are skeptical what makes it that the most magnificent plant in the world because i mean one i mean that right now so far i think there's almost thirteen thousand use cases of uh of a cannabis plant um besides what we all just think is about smoking um you know we're working on a program right now where you know we're about to launch hemp creek where you know we're about to start building you know uh homes from a thousand to fifteen hundred square feet you know what I'm saying? Not at Viola, but to do another one of our partnerships. You know, it's just it's so many things that the plant can do. It makes clothes. Uh, it, it cleans up, you know, uh, areas that have been damaged by chemicals and different things like that. It's so many things that it does. But then, you know, from a social standpoint, you know, I look at it as a, a connector. And, you know, I mean, it connects everything we do, music, sports, fashion. Uh, you know, that this plant has, I'm, I'm friends with people that I would never been friends with if it wasn't a joint that connected us. You know what I'm saying? So when you think about all the things that we're dealing with in society and different things like that, you know, I just really feel like, you know, the more cannabis that can be around and being used for all the different benefits that it's, that it's, it's known for or that it's really good for, I think it just makes the world a better place. And that's where I come. That's why I make that statement all the time. It's just because it's just so many ways that this this plant can benefit us as human beings. Wow. Listen, if you're like me, your weekend plans include kicking back and watching live sports. It doesn't matter what sport you're watching. It's always more fun to have a little action. This is why I'm going to recommend downloading the WinBet app right now. Whether you're a recreational player or a serious handicapper, WinBet is your ticket to every exciting wager. From straight bets to parlays, teasers, and any exotic proposition wager that you can dream up. The app is so easy to use. Everybody knows Win is one of the biggest and best brands in the gaming industry. So get off the sidelines, join in on the action. Personally, I've got my eye on Dallas traveling to New England for a week six showdown among two of the NFL's biggest fan bases. This is why I recommend downloading the WinBet app right now. Download the WinBet app on Google Play or the Apple App Store right now. Put yourself in the game. Win with WinBet. Terms and conditions at winbet.com. You do have to be 21 or older and present in the state where playthrough WinBet is available. And if you are somebody you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. All right, so you reached out to Alan Iverson about partnering up. Why was it so important to collaborate with and bring in AI? Why was he so important to the message in the business? Man, I mean, one, he's iconic. But, you know, when I think about what he did for the league, 
he changed, you know, I know LeBron gets a lot of credit for the shut up and dribble, you know, campaign, right? But it was really Allen before that, you know, because I just think about when I first came in the league, how everything was so, like, cut and dry. And I remember the veterans always saying, like, you know, young fella, don't ruffle no feathers, don't say nothing, don't do nothing, like, just stay a straight line. And, you know, when you really think about that, that's that doesn't allow people to really be who they are. Right. And I, I felt like when I think about some of my veteran players, like they were never the guys that you actually saw on TV. You know what I'm saying? That they was a, they, they, they would they were make it was a front essentially. Right. And Allen was the first one that came in and was just like, you know what? Y'all going to love me or hate. Me. And, you know, I think that with cannabis is kind of that same kind of stance. You know what I'm saying? And I thought that he would be the perfect person for Viola to partner with, you know what I'm saying, from awareness standpoint of being, you know, of what he represented. And then, you know, all the things that we're going to be working on with Alan, you know, in regards to our purpose, you know what I'm saying, which is, like I said, about uplifting and educating and just bringing more people, collaborative thinking into the space. I thought, that, you know, this was just the best person for us to start you know, this, our initiative with, and we plan on doing more partnerships with other athletes. You know, I think that's something that I want to focus on just because it's my wheelhouse. But when you think about athletes and the way that the NBA and all these sports spend billions of dollars marketing us, and then when we retire, we're kind of done, but we're not done. You know, we still have those fan bases that are still out there that's supporting us. And I think that cannabis is another vehicle that we can use just the way they use, you know, sneakers and alcohol, we'll be able to, you know, create uh, opportunities or equitable opportunities for athletes as well. Huh. So, like, for instance, Al, I wonder, like, when you look at AI, and I totally get what you're saying, AI was transcendent because, well, one, for his game, his ferocity, his fearlessness, what he meant in the community, this is just my own take. And the fact is, to your point, man, he was just real. Like, he was like, hey, man, this is who I am. This is what I am, and I'm not trying to be anything else. And either you're going to love that or hate that, but I don't really care. This is what I am. When you see somebody like that, like, I can hear it in your voice. Correct me if I'm wrong. Man, you admired that. You got some inspiration from that. Was he part of the reason why you were willing to step out and take a shot at this because you saw the way he kind of lived his life and what he represented? 1,000%. I think a lot of people, not just me, you know, I think he influenced a whole generation of athletes, entertainers across the board for people to really just be themselves. And, you know, I, I, I tell him this all the time because he always, he thanks me so much for this opportunity. I'm like, bro, no, it's thank you, man. Like, you have no idea. Like, even for someone that I competed against and played against, like, you know, and, and was a competitor against, like, I watched everything he did. I watched the jewelry that he bought. I watched the cars that he drove. I watched the clothes that he wore. I watched where he hung out. You know what I'm saying? Where he ate. You know what I'm saying? Like, he has no idea what he really meant, you know, to to culture for real. Like, even for guys that was his peers. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's just, you know, it's just an unbelievable opportunity for us to be able to work with him. And, you know, so far, so good. It's, it's been amazing. Our launch was unbelievable. You know, most people have this perception of him, but you know, we're doing these in-store appearances and like he's dancing and taking pictures. Like this is side that people don't really get to see, you know, and it just shows that he's just an unbelievable human being. And I'm happy that he chose to do this partnership with us. That's interesting. I want to tell you about one of my favorite things ever. Grove Collaborative. Grove Collaborative is an online marketplace that delivers natural home, beauty, and personal care products directly to your door. The goal here is to make living a healthy lifestyle easy and accessible for you and your family. And every product they sell is guaranteed to be healthy, effective, eco-friendly, and affordable. So you can shop with confidence knowing that everything you buy is good for you, your family, your home, and the planet. 
Grove is the online marketplace that delivers healthy home, beauty, and personal care products directly to you. And Grove Collaborative takes the guesswork out of going green. So browse the site for thousands of home, beauty, and personal care products, all guaranteed to be good for you, your family, your home, and the planet. Making the switch to natural products has never been easier. And for a limited time, when you go to grove.co slash Rome, grove.co slash Rome, you will get to choose a free gift with your first order of $30 or more. But you have to use our special code. Go to grove.co slash Rome to get your exclusive offer. That's grove.co slash R-O-M-E. So, Alec, for instance, you you came in right out of high school and went right into the league. I'm curious, when was the first time you smoked, and what do you remember about that experience? Yeah, so the first <laughs> the first time that I smoked was when I was with the Golden State Warriors, and you know, Stephen Jackson, Baron, uh, Matt. You know, obviously they're big smokers. They always been big smokers, and you know, they would smoke and, you know, I would go have my drink or whatever. So we were sitting in um, Phoenix and we needed the Clippers to beat the uh, to beat the Denver Nuggets so that if we beat Phoenix the next day, we would have got the eighth seed again. And it was just, it was a year after the We Believe team won 46 games, 48 games that year. We think we're assuring, but we're a half game behind. So we're sitting at the bar and obviously the Clippers do what the Clippers do back then they lost. So we knew our season, <laughs> we knew our season was over. So we're all frustrated. We go back to the room and they're smoking and they're just like, are you smoking it tonight? I'm like, no, nah, I'm good. They're like, bro, come on, the season over, man. Just smoke, man. So I'm like, all right, cool. So I smoke and I hit it two or three times. I think I maybe got it passed back to me one more time. And I went to my room. I said, all right, I'll meet up with y'all in an hour. We'll go out. And uh, I just got so paranoid. <laughs> right, right. Well, I was just like sitting in my room. I was hearing things. I thought I heard sirens or the police were coming to get me, all kind of stuff. So that was my first time smoking. I said, I always tell those guys, they gave me weed that was way too strong for a first time guy. So it's really interesting. Like, so like, how do you use now? I mean, do you use it recreationally? Do you use it for medicinal benefits? Like, how do you use it at this point in your life? I would say I use it for both. But I think for me, like, you know, I have 14 surgeries in my career, Jim. Um, you know, I have a lot going on. You know, I have a lot of stressful days, uh, you know, running businesses and, you know, having a family, different things like that. So, you know, I use it for my body, number one. You know, so I have a regimen where I use CBD products, like I was mentioning to you, the replay product, where I use the topicals on my knees and my and my hip every, you know, pretty much every single morning. And I have a rule where, you know, because I need to be in meetings and on calls and doing shows with you, I have a rule where I don't smoke until after 5 p.m. You know, usually that's when all my meetings are done for the day. So I don't know if that's the recreational side, but I think it's the medicinal side because it's, that's when I get a chance to kind of kick back and relax and let my mind kind of, you know, get at ease. And, you know, I can go and do kind of move on and transition to the next thing. You know what I'm saying? So I use every single day. Um, and, you know, I would say it's, it's, it's medicinal and it's rec, you know, and I think it's more of, I say it's more rec when it's more on the social time when I'm just with friends and we want to either try different weed or we're doing R and D and stuff like that, I would consider that more of the, the recreational use side. All right. So this is really interesting. Let me, I don't know if you care about this or not, Al, but let me give you my experience. And cause I'm trying to figure this out myself. I'm kind of like you older than you. My kids are older than yours, but I'm like you the same thing. Like we, you and I have to show up every single day. We have our own shows and our own meetings, our own business. We got to handle our business. So my deal is I, I've always, I've lived my entire career like this, all cocktail on Friday and Saturday, but never during the week unless there's a business meeting 
But when I do it, look, I'm going to be real with you, man. I When I do it, I do it. Like, I'll go martini or I'll go right. two martinis. Like, I ain't playing. I don't mix it. Right. <laughs> I, I just never got into that habit of a beer or a glass of wine. What, during the week, I go hard at work, and then Friday or Saturday, I'm going to unwind. In terms of, like cannabis or pot i was that kid in high school and i went to calabasas high school so i really mean that like i know the 818 total nerd total dope never did anything went to college at uc santa barbara so i got educated quick now all right Right. so i went from never smoking pot ever and i don't even think i've told this story ever on the air i never ever smoked any weed in high school ever i get to uc santa barbara and the next thing you know we're getting high every day every day And this is like the 80s, and I'm pretty happy about this life, but I realize, I'm thinking to myself, hey, man, I still have a plan. I still have a life. There's something about this that doesn't feel right. I can't do this every day. And then I stopped, and then that was pretty much it, and never really found my way back. So I wonder, like, it's got to be a lot better than drinking hard liquor, right? It's got to be able to... It's got to give you the same kind of feeling where you take a little bit of edge off and you can relax on a Friday night. But there is that process of having a cocktail. Like, do you still cocktail at all? Do you like that process? Yeah, I mean, I still cocktail. And to your point, it's very social for me. You know, right. the first time I had, to be honest, the first time I ever had a drink in my house, like, was quarantine. Right? That was the first time where, really? like, I actually sat in my house and went to the fridge and put ice in a cup and went and made a cocktail. For real? You know, for real? You never did that before? I never, ever. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was the first time. And, you know, for me, I think that with cannabis, you know, to your point, yes, it's gotten a lot better. Um, You know, you can now pick your potencies. You can now smoke things to kind of get certain effects and feelings. So I would say, like, you know, to people that, you know, to your, like you, that have stopped smoking because they felt like it made them unproductive and different things like that. If it's something that you want to get back into, you know, is definitely a lot of education around it. And that you can figure out things that may be good for you for whatever vibe you're trying to feel like there's certain cannabis that you could use if you want to be more social. You know what I'm saying? Like there's times where, you know, I may have to do a speaking engagement where I have to speak myself for 30 minutes without somebody interviewing me. Right. So there's a certain weed I'll smoke for that. Right. Because it makes me more talkative. It kind of gets me a little racy. You know what I'm saying? Dude. So th- th- that's been that's been that's the beauty, I think, of the plant is like taking that journey and trying to figure out how and what's good for you. And to your point, you know, no matter how high I get, um, you know, if something happens, I can snap right out of it. You know what I mean? If I have to go and do something, pick up something, drop, draw something, work on, make a phone call, I can snap out of it. Liquor, you can't do that, right? And then you also know the medic- there's no medicinal benefits in liquor, like zero. In cannabis, there is. The cannabinoids, you know, there's so many different cannabinoids in the plant that are so beneficial for our bodies. We have an endocannabinoid system within our body. So it's really like the cannabis plant was made for human beings, uh, seriously, from a medical standpoint. Yeah, I mean, it comes out of the ground, right? Most things that come out of the ground are pretty good. I got to tell you about this crazy experience. The first moment that I sat in my X chair, I was like, whoa, are you kidding me about this? This is what a real office chair is supposed to feel like. Like, I never actually looked forward to sitting in my office until I got my X chair. Fact. Let me ask you this. Can your current office chair give you a massage while you're working? Doubt it. My X chair can. Can your current office chair heat up or cool down? Doubt that. My X chair can. High performance, quality engineering, extreme comfort. These are all reasons I love my X chair. 
And sometimes even if I'm not working, man, I just sit in my X chair just so I can, you know, get that feeling. So take my advice. Try X chair for yourself. Risk-free for 30 days. Once you realize how much better your chair should be, you will never, ever go back. I'm telling you. Go to xchairrome.com right now. That's the letter X, chair, R-O-M-E.com. Or call 1-844-4X-CHAIR for 100 bucks off your order. X chair has a 30 day guarantee of complete comfort and you can finance your purchase for as little as 30 bucks a month. Xchairrome.com, xchairrome.com. And you made this pretty clear. You're not doing this just to create wealth for yourself and your family. You have a much larger mission in mind. What is that? That's to, you know, figure out how to include, have the industry be more inclusive for people of color. You know, and obviously for me, being that I'm a black man, being more specific to our community, uh, when you think about, you know, 85% of drug arrests in our community have always been cannabis related. So when you think about that, they literally use this plant to lock us up. When you think about we've never owned farms, we don't own trucks, we don't own any of that, but somehow this plant gets into our community and we're the ones that's locked up for it. I'll give you a better example, like in New York. In New York, since they've legalized cannabis, Arrests in Black communities are down 95%. 95%. Wow. Just because wow. you legalized cannabis. So that just goes to show you how many lives have been ruined up until just six months ago. <laughs> hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is this is something that was specifically aimed at us. So my thing with that is, how is it that now is this new billion-dollar industry and, you know, it was all founded on our backs and we can't participate? We've seen this happen historically. Rice, sugar, cotton, the lottery. Uh, liquor. These are all things that people of color have been right there pioneering and starting these industries and we have no ownership. So my thing with that is because of the awareness, because of technology, because of platforms like this, I feel like we cannot allow this to happen. And I feel like if I don't speak on it, no one will. So that's really my fight. My fight is trying to figure out how do we use cannabis to, you know, as a form of reparations for our community. Right. You know what I'm saying? This is a this is a multi-billion dollar industry. And if you let them tell it when it was a multi-billion dollar industry illegally, it was that we were the ones that were selling and using it. So why are we why don't we have any ownership? So that's what I'm really fighting for. And that's what Viola's fighting for. And that's what our purpose is all around around our, our brand. You bet. You bet. I get that really quickly. So like AI strain, what is that like? What was the thinking that went into the design of that? Yeah, so he um so so he's not a big smoker. He used to smoke back in the day and he had a couple little instances with smoking really strong weed. You should, when you get him on the show, so you gotta love telling stories, it's actually hilarious. But one of the things he has said to me, because I, I said, Well, listen, Alan, I gotta figure out a way for you to smoke, you know? So I'm like, What what do you really like? And he was like, Well, you know how much I love champagne. He said, if you can make a strain that tastes like champagne, I'll smoke it. Wow. So it took us 18 months to find a strain that I feel like uh, tastes like champagne. And uh, the, the cross is a grape stomper, which is the grape, you know, obviously, uh, you know, champagne is made with grapes. And then we did, we crossed it with a strain called Secret Cushments that have like a little minty t uh, uh, taste and smell to it. So that's what went into it. And, you know, being 96 was his rookie year, the year that he came in and changed the game. You know, we wanted this to be a very potent, uh, strong hybrid. And, you know, it's testing at, you know, over 34%. And so far, the reception, you know, from the public has been, you know, really great. And they feel like they taste that champagne taste when they first, you know, light it up. 
and it's been really it's been really uh received positively. Dude, that is incredible. That is a really, really interesting backstory. You know, you said that on another show we should talk about some of the experiences he may have had. You guys I saw you guys do a conversation or have a conversation together. I don't know if you have time for this really quickly. Uh, but you talk, or he was talking about how he had a really bad experience because he was smoking hash, and he didn't know he was smoking hash, and he was in the studio, and you made the point that, hey, listen, what what we smoke is not the same as what artists and entertainers smoke. You have to make the distinction. Is that what you're talking about? Yes, you do, because those guys, like, you know, they they do other drugs, right? You know, entertainers, you know, especially entertainers and at that level, right? You know, they don't, weed is not good enough for them, right? They like other things or they like, they want to heighten their experience as much as possible. So you never know what they might put in it. So I've, you know, I've heard so many stories like Alan in the beginning that for me, like, I won't never smoke with anybody unless I see them roll it up right in front of me. Like, you're not just going to pass me something, right? Just because you never know. And obviously that's what happened to him. You know, they, he think he's smoking just a regular joint and next thing you know, come find out it's hash in it. You know what I'm saying? And then he has that, 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 uh, that experience. So yeah, it's something that you got to really know and and pay attention to, especially when you're smoking with people that, you you know, smoking for the very first time. You got to be tactical. You got to have a plan. All right. So really quickly, when you think back, I don't know where the years go, but you went straight from high school to the NBA and the Indiana Pacers. Like, what do you remember about that first season? Like, what was that like for you? It was, uh, man, I learned a lot. You know, it was one, it was a, a lockout year for me. So it was only half a season. So we came in and we were having like four games, you know, back to back, you know, you have four games and four nights back to back, you know, trying to get through a 50 game season. But, you know, the thing that I learned was just like, you know, this was not high school anymore. Like these are grown ass men uh, that don't play no games. And, you know, they're, they're very, very, very serious about their craft. But I would say the thing that I gained from that experience was they taught me how to be a pro. You know, I think that, I think that a lot of guys, and I won't say any names, but, you know, a lot of younger guys that got drafted out of high school that didn't really fully reach their potential. I think it was because they got drafted to bad teams where it was all young people on the team, no real leaders, you know, no older men that could, you know, help and tell them what to do. And I think that's why I was very fortunate in having that, even though I didn't play as much my first year as much as I would have wanted to. But I think having that year with those guys and learning as much as I did was tremendous. So really quickly, who are the dudes that kind of took you under their wing and were not like, hey, man, this is a pain in the ass, this kid. He's a kid, man. He's a kid. He's not ready. Who took an interest in you and helped you? Well, I had, I had three guys. I had four guys, really. But the main guy was Antonio Davis. You yeah. know, Antonio yeah. really, really, I mean, he let me live with him, essentially. I lived with him, his wife, his, his two twin kids. Um, you know, besides him, Sam Perkins, Big Smooth. Big Smooth, you know, definitely taught me a lot. Uh, Derek McKee and uh, Chris and Chris Mullen, you know, those are my four guys that you know really, really took an interest in me personally, and you know, really wanted me to succeed. And then you know, obviously Reggie was there, but Reggie was a superstar of the team or whatever. But and I, I developed a relationship more with Reggie more in my second and third year after that championship run we had. But yeah, those are the four guys that, that stick out to me that, you know, really helped me, you know, sh- help shape and mold me into the professional that you saw. God, those guys, course. they were such all character guys too, man. Those are good dudes. All those guys you mentioned, good, good dudes, good dudes. Great dudes. 
All right, so last night, what about the here in L.A.? You're in L.A. now, so the Lakers take some big swings on that. They add, I mean, they add some big names and some big pieces. Russ is there. Carmelo Anthony's there. I mean, they're all, they're all there, and they're all in. In your opinion, how do you think these pieces are all going to fit, or won't they? I think it's going to fit. You know what? You know what they remind me of uh, from my era was remember when the Lakers signed Gary Payton oh, and yeah. Carl Malone? I know they were older, like a lot older than these guys, but and but obviously the uh, Pistons ended up beating them in the finals that year, right? So it, it reminds me of that. It reminds me of the Lakers trying to buy a championship. Um, you know, I'm not as much of a big fan of that. You know, I just, I'm like, damn, you need eight all-stars to win a championship, like in this league with all these young kids running around or whatever. But um, I think that they have the best opportunity to win it all. I mean, without with Kyrie not being in Brooklyn and not knowing, you know, when he's coming back, you know, that was the only team that I felt like that could really, you know, challenge them head up because of the scoring prowess that they would have with those three guys. You know, and then obviously all the guys that they have, you know, working around them. But, uh, you know, the Lakers are in, you know, in good position. And I got season tickets, so <laughs> it should be a good season. There you go. You're taking me back. Like, I'm trying to let you go. But those – I can remember back when I started and I interviewed Carl Malone, man. Do he – I got such a kick out of Carl Malone, man. What a different, different cat he was. I mean, just in so many different ways. You know what I'm talking about. I mean this – I mean that positively. He just – this dude made me laugh. Like I once did an interview with him, Al, <laughs> where he came in studio and I had to sit down for like 45 minutes on live TV and I had this clipboard with all my questions. Like I prepped my ass off. Like I had to be ready for that, right? This guy right. rips it out of my hand. He's like, yo, man, let's see how good you are now. He throws the clipboard across the floor. It goes under like this stove. Like I can't get it back. He's looking me up and down like, yeah, man, let's see what you got now. I'm like, you fucking <laughs> kidding me about that. So I, I literally, I did this interview interview for like 40 minutes but that was Carl like he he would test you and he'd mess with you and then the glove like I talked to the glove in the past year like you know some dudes are always cool I don't care that dude will be 85 and the glove will still be the glove and still be cool right always you know and it's seen it's, it's something about him right where it's just he doesn't get old like I don't know how he how he does it to your point it's like Gary's like always kind of just knows what's going on and in the know and I think it's just because when you look at Gary and his lifestyle like He's always moving around and always around doing something. You know what I'm saying? So I think that what that's what helps and that because he's accessible and he's always moving around in the circles is why he, you know, comes off that way. Movement, movement something. And one last thought, like it's there's something about point guards too, like old school point guards. I remember the first time I sat with Tim Hardaway, Al, and I was like, God, dude, this dude. I don't know if I've ever seen a dude with this kind of it. Like, it's just coming off the dude. You know what I mean? Like, like this yeah. dude, like, it's one thing. You know the guys who walk in the room and, like, everybody takes notice? But there was just something about it, especially, like, those 80s, 90s point guards. Timmy Hardaway was the same way to me. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you got to think about it. As, as point guards, you know, you got to be communicators, right? You know what I'm saying? You're the, you know, you are the quarterback, you know? So I always feel like those guys should always kind of come across with having the most personality and different things like that, you know, if you're going to be successful or have, a, or, or have a successful team because they're an extension of, you know, the coach, the organization as a whole, you know what I'm saying? So I think that that's why those guys are always like that. All right, so circle back for me, wrap this up. So if people are like listening and now maybe they've got an open mind now, maybe they didn't know about this and they've heard the kind of energy and the passion you have for cannabis and for Viola, if people want to learn more about what you're doing or maybe just about the benefits of the product, what would you recommend? 
I would recommend them first to, you know, visit our website, violabrands.com. Um, you know, uh, we have a lot of different news on there, a lot of the things that we're doing within the communities and, and, and a lot of information around the plant. And then also something I just launched um, is my own university or institute. So it's called, it's harringtoninstitute.com. And, you know, right now it's set up where, you know, it's, it's courses, it starts in November. And, you know, I'm really, I really feel like the industry has not seen the, the real top talent yet because a lot of people are still kind of iffy on the industry. So, you know, we feel like through this institute, you know, we'll be able to give people a baseline of information, the fundamentals for them to t- try to figure out if it's a way that they can participate because this industry is still in the beginning stages. And I feel like there's a lot of millionaires that can be made out of this industry if, you know, they take this opportunity seriously. All right. So really quickly, so we're clear on this. This is not, you're trying to educate people on getting into the business and capitalizing on the business, not how to use recreationally, right? You're looking for people to create business. Yes. I'm trying to create the next wave of entrepreneurs and I would love for them to look like me as much as possible. I get that. We're not closing it to anybody, but you know, I'm really pushing for people from my community to participate because I really feel like this is something that, you know, we should have a significant ownership stake in it, you know, and the only way we're going to be able to do that is we're going to have to be educated and be willing to take the risk and take the challenge and just go out and execute. I appreciate you. I appreciate that mission. I appreciate the conversation and I appreciate you spending so much time, my man. Al, that was great. That was so much fun. Thank you very much. You're obviously just killing it and it's so good to get caught up. I appreciate that, Al. Thanks so much. Thanks, Jim, man. I'll do your show anytime. Thank you, brother. Love that conversation. I'm an enormous fan of Al Harrington and his message and I hope that you enjoyed that too. He just comes at it differently. He thinks differently. He was different as an NBA player and very clearly different as an entrepreneur. And I appreciate different perspectives and new information and different insight. That was tremendous. I'm really, really happy that I had an opportunity to have that conversation with him. And I hope you got as much out of that as I did. If you're looking for even more unique conversations like that one, you know you're in the right place because we just so happen to pump one out every single week. Episode 194, for example, is going to drop next week. And if you want to be notified of exactly when that happens, just take a moment right now and subscribe. You only have to do it once. That way the pod will find its way to you and you never have to go looking for it. So take a second and do that if you don't mind. And in the meantime, I've got something for you. I've got your voicemails. First new message. Dodger Jim Adjacent. This is CJ in the Bay. Let me explain. I do not quit the show. I love the show. I love the product. I love the XR4TI. That being said, my first quit was the Dodger Padre Open on three straight days. I apologize for that and rescinded the Dodger Jim gloss. This quit is the call pump fake and subsequently being told by Chalk to hang up because I missed my window. It is a fact that I brainstorm and get my thoughts together while I'm working and on the clock, so I'm risking something every time I contribute. And I felt my contribution was being crapped on, so I was pissed, and I sent that email to Tom. That being said, I am all in on the show. War, Cody Bellinger's negative 1.5 war being in a one-game divisional race, meaning if Clay Bellinger's bum ass never went busting slumps, Cody would not be alive and the Dodgers would have won the West. Outro! Message saved. Next message. Jim Marino, what's up? It's Dr. Dave. 
today I was seeing a newborn and I got the jungle Tourette's going in full strength today because they were healthy. I was going to see them again in two weeks. And I actually said it that way. And the family actually understood the total recall reference. Thank you, Jungle Tourette's, because even in my office, it will fucking appear. Wonderful. Later, Mrs. Message saved. Next message. What's up, Antimac? It's Brady. Can you tell Dr. Dave that I already got my flu shot? I was going to shoot him a text, but then I couldn't find his number. Thanks. Message deleted. Next message. Romy, this is Roby from Chandler, Arizona. Quick question. Is slump busting a thing in football? And if so, is it time for the Steelers to start drawing straws? Message deleted. Next message. Rome, it's Richie in Jacksonville. Going back to what Jalen Hurts said about pinching off a deuce and flushing it, man, sometimes you just got to admire the thing, you know, evenly distribute the corn and all, you know, then you can flush it. But no art when you see it, okay? Message deleted. You have no more messages.